0: So, next Wednesday, October 23rd, we're going to bring it to you live. Multifamily Foundation Podcast is ready to launch.
1: Imagine if you could not fail. If the foundation of your multifamily business had a blueprint that was built by the best.
0: Well, this is what the multifamily... Foundation podcast gives you. We're going to bring you actionable content with tools to strengthen your multifamily business.
1: From finding deals to raising money to asset management, we will give you a formula for success.
0: Now, this comes with entrepreneurship. It comes with lifestyle. It comes with building yourself so you're ready to take down, whether it's a four unit or a $25 million deal, we're going to bring you the resources to make that happen.
1: Are you ready to build your foundation? If you are, listen in.
0: Let's do this. This is the Real Estate Foundation,
1: your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate.
0: So before we dive into the show, we wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners out there. It's always great to have you dive in with us on all these great topics we were to have able to have. And if you want to hear more about us, go to urussiholdings.com. You can find everything about us from projects we're working on, more about our team members, how we break it up, and all the resources we offer. And if you want to invest, learn more about investing with us there. Also, make sure to check out our multifamily meetup if you're local here in New Jersey. We run the New Jersey multifamily investment meetup, and it happens to be every second Tuesday of the month uh, here in North Central Jersey. So if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, make sure to check it out. And lastly, if you want to learn more about investing in apartment buildings, go to multifamilyfoundation.com. All right, check out the show. Alpha Funding Solutions, your capital partner backing real estate investors since 2007, providing the best combination of pricing and leverage in the market. Join Alpha's family of 1,000 plus successful and happy investors, and let Alpha's team provide options in your next deal, or reach out to discuss your future needs and strategy. So go to alphafunding.com backslash JNP, again that's alphafunding.com backslash JNP to connect or submit a deal today.
1: Hi everyone and welcome again to the Real Estate Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely today we welcome
0: paul david thompson hi paul
2: hello thanks for having me
0: hey paul thanks for coming on today and a little bit about paul Uh, Paul David Thompson is a full-time real estate investor that no longer depends on a day job and shows busy professionals how they can follow a simple plan to build wealth with real estate. And just a prime example of this is he recently helped a couple eliminate $35,000 of credit card debt, buy six properties, quit their unfulfilling day jobs, and that was all within 15 months. And he's guided numerous beginners through the process of doing their first real estate deal and worked with investors all the way from California to New Zealand. And the best part is about helping others Build sources of income so they can lead their life by design. Well, that sounds awesome, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, Paul has been uh, very, very patient with us as we've jumped computers and gone through the uh, (laughs) mythical world that happens behind the scenes of podcasting. So thank you so much, Paul. Welcome to the show. And uh, can you give us a little bit more about how you got started in real estate? Yeah,
2: so for about 15 or for 17 years, I worked in corporate America. And for the first 15 years of that, I just was leading the default lifestyle, um, which is not a bad life, but it's, it's so, it's so insidious that it's just comfortable enough that it doesn't push most people out. Um, give them, give them enough reason to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Um, but there was a, kind of watershed moment when I was driving back from a a vacation uh, to from the beach to central Arkansas where I live and I was feeling something and I could really couldn't quite put words to it and I was found out after talking it through with my wife that I was really irritated and kind of ticked off that I didn't have the freedom to stay another week so we'd stayed a week had a good time And some of my kids were asking, you know, can't we stay longer? We like the beach, whatever. And I really didn't even consider the option of staying longer because I just shut it down because that wasn't an option for me. My my kids were out of school. It was the middle of summer. We had more time. My wife doesn't work. And we had the money to to stay longer if we wanted to. But I could not stay longer because I had a day job that I had to be back. And so I feel like when you work the traditional job where we what we do is we go to work and then we fit our lives around our work versus a lifestyle by design is you define the life that you want and then you find work that fits around it. And I, I made that shift in my mind and I had to figure out a way to design that and I found that real estate was the best way to do that. I considered many other options. I considered buying a a franchise, starting an insurance agency. Uh, I, I tried all kinds of things. I wanted to start a business, but I didn't have any business ideas. So I landed on the fact that I could have this, combination of both an investment vehicle and a business with real estate. And that's the reason I like it so much because there's so many different ways to earn an income while also building wealth at the same time. And that's why I landed on real estate. Well, that's great. And you know, there's probably
0: someone listening to this podcast right now that's in that exact same position coming back from something that they are going to a job that they probably just don't want to be at, but they have to and they have that urge and they have that watershed moment, but they don't know that next step so lots of times we talk about where where you got to you went into real estate and then you were in that part of just wanting to get out of there but what was that first step you took to get yourself out of your right your position right there that you were in
2: i had to um invest in my mind i had to invest what's between your ears you have to change your 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 mind before you can change your reality and so i had the realization that This is something that I could do. I had to believe it was possible. And then I went in and learned everything I could. And so I always tell people, invest in yourself first. And so once you invest in yourself, and in my case, I went to 30 plus conferences. I listened to every podcast that I could find. I read, uh, I don't know, a hundred plus books. And I just curated that down into something that I could do. And I had read about real estate before. I had um, been a, um, a Monday morning uh, real estate investor, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback type real estate investor for a long time. And I, when I realized that I had to buy the first property, I probably from the time I decided to the time I, I did, it was about two months. And then I think I bought uh, 10 houses in the first two months and then like 18 in the first 18 months. And I just built up this momentum. And that sounds to a lot of people like that's a lot of properties are really fast, but it didn't feel fast because real estate ironically is a very slow business. I mean, um, you you do all this activity to find a deal. And then once you find a deal and close, then it turns into this really slow business because you only get rent once a month. Or if you're doing a wholesale deal or a flip, you're only getting a paycheck down the line a little bit. So it's, 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 doesn't, it's not as bad as, as it sounds and it's not as overwhelming as it sounds. And that's the message I want people to hear if you're, if you're thinking about doing this. Um, it, you just need one deal and, and you can just buy one good deal a year and in 10 years be wealthy. And so you don't have to get really focused on how many units you have. That's a question that I, people ask me a lot. It, it's, that's a standard question. So how many units do you have? And, and it's well-intended, it's well-meaning, but it's kind of an irrelevant answer. Because would you rather have 20 free and clear paid off houses or a hundred uh, houses that are fully leveraged? I'd rather have 20 that are paid for because they're a lot less work and it gives me the same amount of cash flow. That's awesome. And,
1: well, I was going to say that's uh let's talk a little bit about mindset because it sounds like that's a huge thing that you think about. That's a huge thing that got you, got you started. And you said mm-hmm. something key. You, you had to believe that you could do it. So how Mm -hmm. do you get to that point of belief? Because there's a lot of new investors, people who want to invest your Monday morning investors who don't believe that they can. How do you think that they can believe?
2: You have to find that internal pain that is so irritating. So, and for me it was, I, I hated having to ask permission of somebody else that to spend more time with my own family. I wanted to create a life where I never had to ask that permission again. Now it's up to me. If I want to go and do some extra work, then I do. And I certainly still work a lot, but I, I, I do it completely on my terms first. And so if you don't find that inner reason, that inner struggle that will push you forward and allow you to get up or early to do the work you need to do or uh, stay late and or stay up late to do whatever you need to do or work on the weekends, if you don't find that, that emotional trigger, a deep seated reason, and actually write it down and put words to it, then you'll never find the way you'll never find the mindset. You need to find this burning desire. And it doesn't have to be about real estate. It's about what real estate gets you. And that's the freedom that you want. That's awesome. Perfect. And so approximately how many years ago this was, and it's
0: going to frame my question coming up.
2: Sure. It's about three years ago. So as of this recording is 2018 and I started in 2015, Absolutely. almost exactly three, three years ago.
0: So I'm gonna ask you a very important question. Are you ready? Yeah. How with this change going from full-time job and what people would deem stability going into a life of real estate and deemed uncertainty, did you get mm-hmm. your wife or significant other <laughs> on board with this?
2: Th- that's one question that I I actually get quite a bit and I wish I had a really uh, clever answer. You get that yeah.
0: all the time, <laughs> um, yeah.
2: yeah um, I, my my wife is uh, super supportive, um, and, and she she tells me that if I had just continued working and done the traditional forty years doing a, a corporate job, then you know I, I w- it would have been fine, I and mean, she wouldn't have thought anything of it. Um, but we have a very good relationship, and and it's really important when you're taking that kind of big emotional step or, or you're branching out that you, the two of you need to be on the same page together. And it, in it, the one thing that uh, the spouse oftentimes, and it's not always the case, but usually it's the, the the man that's wanting to do that. And it's the, the wife who wants um, more uh, stability and security. That's just kind of a, the nature I think of, of the dynamic between men and women oftentimes, but not always, but however that shakes out in your relationship, you need some sort of, reason why that other person is trying to do it what don't don't focus on what they want to do figure out why they're wanting to make this change and if you can both agree on the why then you'll get behind the what yeah and that's That's a great answer because for everybody
0: listening out there that has an excuse i mean so at that time we we know paul has uh two kids and uh so they they were young kids at that time he had a wife he had a full-time job and he had just found that point of pain that was so great that he had to go away from it, but he informed a significant other and they, they made a choice together. And that's a lot of times that we find is the one thing is that if the other person is just not certain what you're doing, of course, there's going to be disruption in your choice. So that's great. Really appreciate that. And Let's talk about, you said you, you went from almost uh, no houses to 10 houses in that first month. Can, usually that first house stands cool. out because it was like, it was like oh, I'm going to buy this house. Well, I don't have any clue what I'm doing. Walk us through mm-hmm. that first property, what it was and how it came about.
2: Okay. So what I did is I, one of the pieces of advice you always hear, and I, I agree with it is go to your local RIA, your real estate investors association group. And so I went to the local RIA and I became a very active member of it and I learned as much as I could. And one of the, the guy that actually leads it now is, is a real estate investor and he does wholesaling as well. And he had a deal for, for, that was a wholesale deal and I bought it for $30,000 and then I put 10 into it and then I rented it for six fifty. So very quickly, you know, that that that's a cash, that's a cash flowing property. Um, And I actually bought it with private money I found the private money through bigger pockets. So the advice that everybody gives you is to go and network, go to RIA groups and go and engage in bigger pockets is really sound advice, but you have to do it carefully and with the spirit of service to the other person first, not what can I get out of this conversation because you're, you're new, you don't have a lot to offer yet, but you do you do have energy, you have time, you have interest, and I would offer up anything I could think of. And, and here's the advice that people say, I'll do anything. Just let me, just, just teach me. Don't say I'll do anything. Go figure out what that anything is and offer it because when, when you say I'll do anything, you mean well by what you're, the other side is actually doing or what you're doing to the other side is making them think for you. You need to go find the, the answer and you need, because you guys are experienced And how often you get, can I, can I pick your brain and, or I'll do anything? Well, both of those things are asks of me um, as a more seasoned investor now. And so put yourself in their shoes and what is it that they need? They, they, they might need somebody running out and putting out signs for them. I mean, I would say, I will go put out signs for you. I will go and buy them from Home Depot if you need to, but I, I just need the number to put on there and I'll go do it. And so that's the kind of thing that you offer to a more seasoned investor.
1: I love that. I love love your take on value add. Um, Come from a a place of service. How can you serve the person that you want to work with? That's a great, great way to come at it.
0: Yeah, I love that because a lot of times you're right. You know, everybody's busy. So if you give us another task that we provide a service, if you come up to me and say, hey, um, I see your marketing in this area. I'm going to go out and put out signs for you. And uh, can I just see how the process is working? Well, that becomes something that's beneficial for both parties so that's a great right. Thank you And
1: a great right. golden nugget that uh, Paul just mentioned is you know the thing that everybody says go to urea go to go and find a mentor, read books. we're not we're not reinventing the wheel here. This is all stuff no. that has been done. We're just basically taking from the best, revamping it to the way that it works for you and then yep. pushing forward. Don't reinvent the wheel go and figure out what is working for other people and use it.
0: So successfully your, clues. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Right. <laughs> Thank and you. Leading on that. How has your business now evolved over the last three years?
2: It has evolved quite a bit because when I first started, I was very much in acquisition mode and I bought and I was, I went into it with almost this religious dogma of, I will only do buy and hold because that's where serious wealth generation happens. And that's what I wanted in order to be able to replace my day job was another stream of income. So I wanted to get that very quickly. As I evolved, I realized that um, it's actually just as important to do, to understand the other techniques of investing so that you can use them as appropriate because depending on where you are or depending on the market cycle, uh, doing a buying hold may not be as easy. When I started in 2015, it was a little bit easier than it is now. Plus, I, once you get to a certain number of rentals, you don't need a hundred rentals. I mean, between 25 and 40 will cover, if you buy them right, will cover most people's, um, you know, the, the five to $10,000 a month, monthly income stream that, that you need. And that's what it was for me. And once you get to that point, then I started being much more selective about the properties that I buy. So now I will actually buy in B plus a, a neighborhoods versus the C B minus neighborhoods. There's more cash flow in the C B minus. But there's a lot more headaches as well. So when you and but what I wanted was then when I wanted out of my day job is I wanted cash flow. So I, I chased cash flow. Now I'm much more interested in I I want to buy on the fundamentals of cash flow. But now I want to buy in properties that I believe have a better chance of appreciating over time. And that's where you get the real wealth generation. These lower-end um, properties that I have, they're never going to appreciate. That—that's just the nature of those type of markets um, or those type of neighborhoods. They're not going to have serious appreciation, and so I have to—I have to manage that cash flow forever. And when, once you have that baseline, then move up your the, the the value ladder, so to speak, and go for opportunities where you can get a big win down the road. I'm never going to get a big win from cash flow. I'm just going to get cash flow.
0: Yeah, that's great.
2: So if you want to walk us through a, a typical deal, and I mean, we can even
0: use this first deal that you brought in private money for. If mm-hmm. now you're all into it for $40,000, um, mm-hmm. how much money did you bring in and did you offer a return and then tr- keep them in the deal or refinance them out? or refinance it
2: out. Yeah, I did the the bigger pockets burr method, the buy and refi. And so I I bought it with private money and then within six months, I refinanced it into a institutional debt which has a much lower um, interest rate and so now i still have that same loan and i'm still paying on that loan and that property uh, is cash flowing about two hundred dollars a month after expenses absolutely great strategy for people especially if you're getting started out there it, it's
0: something that is a win-win your investors winning because they're in and out of a deal making great returns and now they can push your money into your next deal which is awesome because now you've proved mm-hmm. the concept so and even for C it's a great way. I'm sure you're still utilizing and at your deals today. So,
1: do you, oh, do, you ma- yeah. do you manage your own properties?
2: I when I first started, I managed all my properties. Learned mm-hmm. a bunch of lessons about property management, um, and I, I did that intentionally. I knew I'd make mistakes, but I wanted to learn from those mistakes. I wanted to figure out the argument between should you property manager or not and so now I have a property manager that manages the lower end units and the higher end units that I still have and they're already rented I'm not running out and getting a property manager for them when if and when they cycle out the attendance cycles out I'll consider do I want property manager on this one or is it already in such good shape and just a, you know weekends worth of uh, turnover and if I can rent it then I might do that I've gotten to the point now where Um, I'll, I'll pay an agent to go and find and and take all the calls for, 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 for leasing. And then I'll just do the lease up because I find the calls, the people coming in and all the managing all that to be the hard part, actually holding a property that with the, the repair requests are not that big of a deal. It's filling the property on the front end is what takes so much time. And so on the higher end units, that's what I'll, I'll move towards. I'll still, um, export or outsource a certain part of that, but just holding the maintenance of it and the, the ongoing, making sure someone paid, I, I can do that and, and not and be a big deal.
0: Okay. Uh, that's great. What would be your top three learning lessons from property management?
2: Um, it That when you buy real estate, you don't, you're not actually buying the real estate or or the performing asset is not the real estate itself. It's the person that you put into the real estate. So you want to be super, super careful about who you put into your uh, rental property. And I am have become far more um, particular about the requirements. And especially in the low end units you have to be very, very careful about who you're putting in there because there just tends to be more drama in the lower income um, households. And so one of the things I require now, the second lesson is I always require that they have a bank account and that they they pay via ACH. And if they don't get a bank account, then they're not qualified. I don't care what else happens. They have to be cooperative. And if they're not cooperative by going and getting a bank account or agreeing to do automatic payments, then that's just not a conversation anymore.
1: That's that great. makes sense. You're, you're proving um, the point of seeing if they're going to be cooperative in the long run just by yes. having them simply open up an account.
0: What's yes. the challenge you're facing right now with scaling your business or, or just the model of your business, growing your business?
2: Uh, the biggest challenge I have now is that um, I don't, <laughs> it's ironic. I, I'm a deal junkie. I love looking for deals and I love the process of negotiating, but I don't really need any more properties. And so I have this bug to go and buy. Uh, and so what I've done instead is the way I'm scaling my business is that I'm actually helping other people do it. So I get the the, the jollies off of, of getting in being the deal maker, but without all the long-term headaches. So that's the other stream of income I have is kind of this coaching, mentoring phase of, of life, uh, which I, um, very much enjoy have you ever heard of this concept of the of your zone of genius by a book a book called uh, the, uh, the big leap no no i haven't the book is a book called um by written by gay Hendricks, and it's called the big leap and if your listeners haven't read it i highly encourage them to read it it is one of those light bulb moments that will click your mindset in a different way and one of his concepts he has in there is that you have these different zones of of, of competency um, and it starts with your zone of incompetence the things you aren't good at the zone of competence the zone of excellence, and then the zone of genius. And you want to find a place where you are operating in your zone of genius, not in your zone of confidence or excellence, which is what probably most people, including myself, were doing in our day jobs. I was a computer guy. I was good at math and science. So I got an engineering degree and I got into, into computers. I was good enough at it to make an income, but I wasn't brilliant at it. And I part of the, of the um, lack of fulfillment that I was having in my day job is that I wasn't using it, my skills in a way that, fed my own in, in, in inner drive. And I have found that what I, my zone of genius is not actually real estate. My zone of genius is learning something new and teaching it to somebody else and seeing that light bulb moment go off. That is my zone of genius. I still make income through real estate and that is still my vehicle by which I get the lifestyle that I want. But I am not in love with real estate as some people just love houses and they, 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 they choose willingly to go to open houses, just to see more houses. That is not me. So that's a little indicator that that was not my zone of genius, but it's a very effective, to me, it's an investment. It's a vehicle to get where I want to be and live the lifestyle that I want. Ah, that's awesome. And where now are you going with
0: your model for teaching? Wait, Wait, what's the next step here? Will you, at some point, will there be a quote unquote trigger that pushes you to buy more properties? Or you just now you said, this is the point I wanted to be at. I've reached this goal and now I'm good.
2: No, I still buy properties. And what I'm doing with my portfolio is I'm upgrading my portfolio. I told you some of the first ones that I purchased were um, lower end. And so I, I like the 25 to 30 number of houses. That's enough for me. Um, but I want to improve that portfolio. So I, um, I, I shoot a, a couple of houses every year. I I basically sacrifice the, the 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 hen that lays the golden egg and I and I, I eat that, that the equity I have in there and I take that and I invest it someplace else. And if there was enough equity in there I would do a ten thirty one exchange. But most of the times I'm I bought these properties at such a low value that and they haven't appreciated that it's not really worth it. So I just take whatever I have and I and I roll it into the next property and I I don't have to buy it within nine days. I can just wait until I find the right property. It's not a one for one deal. It's I'm I'm just I have a list of twenty-five, and the one that I, and the one or two that aren't performing for whatever reason, um, maybe I didn't buy them right, maybe they're just in a bad neighborhood. I'll sacrifice those and look for another, another property to buy in a better neighborhood, better school districts. I may not make as much cash flow, but now I'm buying with more equity, so I'm not having to be as creative with the purchase strategy. And so when I find a good deal, buy just. Um, being around and being in the marketplace, then those will come to you sometimes, especially you don't have to work as hard at to find deals as you get in the business longer. They they come more naturally over time. And so when I find those, a lot of times it's just referrals. Somebody will say, Hey, I have this property I don't know what to do with it. Like, well, I have to know what to do with it. And so I I help them out. Um, And so I end up buying the property. And then when I do that and I start getting more properties, I think, well, maybe it's time to start selling some of these houses that aren't performing as well. So that's kind of like my evolution of managing my portfolio. That's
0: great.
1: So in the three years that you've been doing real estate, what's the biggest challenge that you've faced?
2: Uh, At first it was um, knowing how to negotiate. That was probably i didn't have a lot of experience negotiating i was uncomfortable making offers that were so low or asking for discounts after i got the property on contract now i've become much more uh, accomplished at that now it's um i would say consistent deal flow and uh effectively using my time i i don't at this point now i don't really enjoy going and looking at houses that's you know driving an hour round trip to go look at a beat-up house is not an idea of fun for me so what i do is i outsource that to other people i use air quote bird dogs or i partner with other people and so there are younger people coming to me a lot saying i want to go help and i want to learn and i say well i'm i I got a deal for you and uh, (laughs) you go run around you spend your time looking at houses and i might go with them once or twice to to let them know what to look for. But I'm not a house guy as far as I'm, I I can't build a house with my bare hands and I'm I'm not a handy guy. I I use other people to do that for me. I I use, I get several reports on every house I buy. So to help a third party help confirm for me the suspicion that I have about about the property or or assumptions I make. And so that's the, the, the strategy that I like to use because I am not going to go study houses and be this brilliant, um, handyman that just does not interest me, but there are a lot of people out there who are willingly give that information away or will sell it for a very cheap rate compared to what I can make per hour.
0: That's amazing. Now, where do you see your business going over the next five years?
2: So I will, I'm in kind of this, um, uh, debt pay down mode, like upgrading my portfolio and debt pay down mode. Um, I don't want to take on more risk with more debt if I don't have to. Um, And I I want to um, lower my loan to value ratio, so to speak. Um, And then I'll always look for more deals and then help other people do their deals. And I kind of do that with, I'm moving more into the notes and the paper side of, of, of the business through my IRA and the soil 401k. So people come to me and say, I have this deal. I don't, know how to make it. And I, I become the third party catalyst to help the deal happen. Sometimes it's just my knowledge. Sometimes it might be actually money from my IRA as a note. That's
0: awesome. And now your properties yourself, do you have a specific belief in terms of term? Are you on 15 year, 30 years or something that you primarily focus on?
2: Um, when you're looking for cash flow uh, and cash flow is really important to you, then you, you would want the, the the long term. And I like the the 30 year with the idea of paying it on a more aggressive schedule. I like the flexibility of going back to the 30 year if something happens. I'm, I'm always nervous when people get a 10, 15, 20 year uh, uh, term, but and have very little cash flow and they're trying to pay it down real aggressively, and what happens if you can't make those payments? Your house of cars can come crashing down pretty quickly. And you can get the same benefits. I mean the interest rate's a little bit higher, but I, I the the risk premium is worth it to me to have the longer term and then pay it down more aggressively.
0: That's awesome. Now if you're looking to be possibly a new investor who's listened to the podcast, what would be one actual step you could give them today to get started in real estate?
2: If you don't know anything about real estate right now, um, you need to go learn. You need to go be around people who know about real estate. And there's a lot of free advice on YouTube. There's a lot of free advice on on podcasts like this right here. And the idea is to set a 90-day goal and say that I am going to make offers in those nine days and so the the the, what you want to measure is not how many deals you have that that's a lagging measure you want the leading measure which is how many offers are you making and the first question i always ask people is how many offers have you made this week well they give me this long story about there wasn't one it's like i don't care why how many have you made yeah. that's the measure of success in being a successful real estate investor and getting started. You have to have the audacity to go out there and make an offer for a property for which you may not have the money for. And that scares people. But I tell them you do that when you buy your personal residence every single time and almost nobody buys their personal residence with all cash and you don't have the money secured yet. You have your credits been checked. That's it. That pre-approval letter does not secure money for you. That pre-approval letter only secures the idea that you have your credit worthy. Okay. Then when you actually get the property under contract, then the bank actually does, puts it under desktop on writing. Then they send it through a committee and then they secure, secure, secure the, um, the, the money for you. You're gonna do the same thing with investment properties. Go and make an offer, that actual getting the property under contract, that is something that of value, then you can go find the money.
1: That is some great advice right there and that's advice that we actually subscribed to when we first started. It got to the point where I was just like an offer a day. I'm doing right. an offer a day. It, as long as the numbers work, if I have to offer $100,000 less than what they have it listed for, then oh, I'm putting it in. And I'm going to have a lot of people angry at you. I mean, if anybody like subscribes to this and doesn't offer a day, you're going to have a lot of people yell at you. Yeah. Do your numbers. Do them correctly. Put in the offer. If they say no, great. Just be like, oh, well. You know, move mm-hmm. on or say keep my number. The offer is on the table if you yeah. need to revisit it. But
2: that's right. Yeah, you out. never never tell anybody take it or leave it. You just make an offer and say, oh well, what, you know, well I, I like to give three offers. Yes. Um, I, I do a three option letter of intent, and so one cash, and then two seller financing offers, mm-hmm. and then I say, well, which of these is most to your liking? Instead of saying, do you want this? Yes or no. Because when you have this yes or no conversation, it, it, you're not in the position of exactly. power, but when you give them three options, then that cash offer that's so low actually somehow becomes more favorable. And that ends up giving them three, two other offers that are seller financing, but have higher values or higher prices, ends up pushing in them back to the cash offer and softening the blow somehow.
0: Oh, it's amazing.
1: It's fantastic, fantastic. Well, Paul, this has
0: just been so much information today. Are, are there just a few more questions for you? Are there some words you live by?
2: Yeah. Um, ironically, there's a, 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 a kind of a philosophy that I have is that I lie every day, and it's an <laughs> acronym for LIE. Um, I, I learn something new every day. Um, I invest in the future. I I invest. I apply what I've learned. And three is I always find a way to enrich somebody else's life. And if I, when I lie down at night, I ask myself, did I hit those three? And then I think to myself, did I tell a lie today? If I didn't tell a lie, I did those three things, that they were successful. If you do that enough times, good things happen.
1: That's that is great. An awesome, awesome <laughs> words to live by. Well, I
2: learn new every day, invest in, invest in your
0: future and enrich some, someone else's future every day. That's great. Yep. So
1: I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Can you now go on a vacation and not have to worry about coming back home?
2: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we went to um, Costa Rica for two weeks. The first time I took a vacation for longer than 10 days in my life. And so we, <laughs> we took um, me and my wife and, four, and two kids. We all went to Costa Rica um, and we were there for two weeks. Uh, we had friends that were down there studying um, uh, Spanish in a language school and we did the whole Costa Rica experience. And it was very lazy, slow travel. We weren't trying to like cram everything in. We just took our time and had no agenda and we could have stayed longer, but we had had enough time. So we, we, we came back and kind of enjoyed life. That's awesome. Well, Paul, thank you so much for your time today. If others want to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? Well, actually um, I have a website called uh, com, and I have a, uh, URL just for your listeners. That's pauldavidthompson.com slash REI foundation. Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. Paul, this has been incredible.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on, yeah. Paul. You gave us so, so much value.
2: Well, thanks for having me. I, I hope I enriched your life. Absolutely yes, yes, did. Definitely. Thank you very much.
1: So this is the Real Estate and Foundation podcast with Jason Peely. Thank you again to Paul. And thank-, thank you to everybody who came in and listened today. We are so grateful. Bye now.
0: Bye now. Alpha Funding Solutions, your capital partner backing real estate investors since 2007, providing the best combination of pricing and leverage in the market. Join Alpha's family of 1,000 plus successful and happy investors and let Alpha's team provide options in your next deal or reach out to discuss your future needs and strategy. So go to alphafunding.com backslash JNP. Again, that's alphafunding.com backslash JNP to connect or submit a deal today. Mm. Alpha Funding Solutions, your capital partner backing real estate investors since 2007, providing the best combination of pricing and leverage in the market. Join Alpha's family of 1,000 plus successful and happy investors and let Alpha's team provide options in your next deal or reach out to discuss your future needs and strategy. So go to alphafunding.com backslash JNP. Again, that's alphafunding.com backslash JNP to connect or submit a deal today.